This Podcast Movement 2022 audio session is brought to you by Supporting Cast, the best way to sell and deliver exclusive podcasts. And special thanks to PM22 Virtual Ticket Presenting Sponsor, Amazon Music. Hello, everyone. Congratulations on making it to the end of Podcast Movement. Hell yes, we did it. Uh, my name is Cam Poder, and I am delighted to be here with some of the most daring, bold, and badass podcasters out there. These, we represent four of the 16 Pleasure Podcasts, which is a network focused on opening the conversation around sex and relationships. And today we're going to talk about the challenges that we face talking about a taboo subject and how we turn them into greatest advantage. Uh, so to start, I would love to hear the name, your name, your podcast name, what it's about, and a recent episode title. <laughs> I am Dixie De La Tour. I call myself a sexual folklorist. The name of my podcast is Body Storytelling, True Stories of Sex, Kink, Gender, and Body Image. And the name of a recent episode would be Fairy Godbottom. Hi, my name is Dedeker Winston. I'm one of the hosts of the Multiamory podcast. We offer relationship advice for people in polyamorous and non-monogamous relationships. A recent episode title was Non-Monogamy, What Does the Research Say? We did a big roundup of all of the research in the, done in the past five years on non-monogamous relationships. Hi, I'm Cami. I am the co-host of Double Teamed with Cami and Nikki which is a podcast I co-host with my twin about non-monogamy, sexuality, and kink. And our most recent title was Dungeons and Dildos. <laughs> uh, like I said before, I'm Cam Poder. I'm the founder of Pleasure Podcast. Uh, it came, or I started by doing this um, with a podcast called Sex Talk with My Mom, uh, which is a weekly conversation about sex with my mom. Um, and a recent title of an episode was uh, Cam Has Syphilis? <laughs> it turns out I don't, but there was a scare. Um, <laughs> so I'd love to start by asking you, what is the biggest challenge you have faced in talking about such a taboo subject? Well, I think that people have been trained that there's a lot of shame and stigma about talking about sexuality. And it's very hard to get people to let that wall down. And it's taken, uh, I've been doing my live show for 15 years. Um, I started with live shows. And once people were able to come in and realize that if we're real and we engage with people on, a, on that you know, honest, vulnerable level, then they, this is something they eat up. This is something they really want, having these conversations. They just thought they weren't supposed to talk about it. So if you show people, this is where you can talk about it, and then you move to podcasts, which it took me a while to do, they, they crave it, you know? So it was a battle. But now, as you can see, we're a network of people who are giving people this thing they desperately need in their lives because they don't have people to talk to about it. Totally. Yeah. I would say biggest challenge for probably all of us across the network is, you know, podcast advertising is often driven by word of mouth. 
And if people don't want to out themselves necessarily, if they don't want to out themselves as being non-monogamous, as being interested in kink, as being queer, that makes it really, really hard to motivate people to share an audiogram on their personal Twitter page. Sometimes they don't even want to tell their friends because their friends don't even know that they're interested in this. And so that does become a barrier for that. And so as a host, you think, okay, well, if the audience has trouble sharing it, at least I can still market, I can still tell people about my show. And sometimes you tell people about your show and people react to me like I told them that I run a cannibalism podcast, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and on top of that, when we were first launching Multiamory, in the very early days, we did have to have a very serious talk of, are we going to attach our real names to this? At that time, we started podcasting in 2014. The landscape was really, really different. The only other people in this space were mostly using pseudonyms, and for good reason. And we had to make a very distinct decision of, no, we're going to move ahead and attach our names to this subject, knowing that any future job, any future partner, any future in-law can find this. And so it meant also bringing, like, being willing to take on the personal challenge of that as well. And to piggy off that, um, yeah, there's a lot of personal challenges in having a sex podcast. Uh, your family gets to find out about it. Maybe your job does. Um, I know for Nikki and I, uh, we were basically disowned by half our family. Um, Nikki has a very corporate job, so um, I think her her boss had to listen to the podcast to make sure that she wasn't speaking about her job. Um, and that was something she found out later on. So there's definitely the challenges of you want to talk about this. And now you get to tell the world about your sex life, your relationship life. And you just have to hope that you're, there's not going to be any shame. You're not going to get ostracized, and you know that you're going to find the community and the people that connect with you. So, didn't you say that he, you, her boss had to listen to like ten episodes of your podcast? Yeah, I love this image. Of <laughs> This corporate boss just having to sit down and listen to all about your sex life. She was mortified. Um, I think, um, and her, her corporate job is uh, stationed out of Kansas. And uh, if, you, if you go on to our stats, we have a, a little following there. <laughs> we do. Yeah. Yep. I walked into the bank the other day. Uh, well, I live in California now. I walked into the bank the other day to open up a a business account, and the teller was like, "Do you do you have a sex podcast?" And they're like, and I was like, "Yeah." And he was like, "The whole branch is a huge fan." I was like, "Oh, great!" So that's awesome. I would say one of the biggest challenges that I've faced, especially trying to sell our ad spots, has been meeting advertisers who are like, "Oh, we'd love to sponsor you, but we can't we can't align with your non-brand safe." content. Uh, and even the irony is like our followers are as, as loyal as they come because we open up about these vulnerable topics. So the people that have been bold enough to actually work with us have found that we are some of the, their favorite people to work with, even these mainstream companies. Um, so it sounds like there's we had to grow comfortable with talking about these subjects on a few different levels. One is with ourselves. Like, how do we open up on the, the show? Um, another is, like, how do we get our guests to open up? 
about these topics that they might be uncomfortable talking about? And the third is, how do we get listeners to actually feel comfortable sharing about it and uh, being part of our community? Uh, so I would love to start with you, Cammie. You, you said you were disowned by half your family by creating this show. And yours is like a very vulnerable show about your intimate life. Uh, so how did you get comfortable talking about these subjects? Um, I would have to say Nikki and I have, as twins, we have a very special bond. Um, and now as podcasters together, we have, you know, this whole new level of partnership. But a few years back, we got a lot more comfortable with each other um, with talking about our sex lives. And, you know, I'd go to her, she'd go to me, and we never really censored ourselves just because we already had that bond as sisters and now as friends. So it was really nice to, you know, always have that person that I can talk to about anything. And our friends, I remember one time we were on our, um, in a hotel in Vegas, we, Nikki and I were talking about something or other about sex and we're walking through this hotel, we're still talking about it, people are passing by, we're in an elevator and, um, you know, there's people in it but we're still talking about this subject and we get to our room and our friend's like, y'all don't censor yourselves, do you? And we were like, nope, we kind of, you know, we held space for each other to not have to censor ourselves and then we took that into the podcast. So, I mean, you can go on our Instagram, you'll find me talking about masturbation, constipation, all those fun subjects, uh, because I want people to be able to relate. So it's, it was definitely, you know, a few years in the making of, um, you know, being able to open up, but I had someone who I've had next to me, you know, my entire life that I was able to talk to so vulnerably um, that it, it worked out. And now I, I have no issue telling the world that I had a masturbation addiction in college, you know? Uh, so I, I think it, it's being able to have people in your, in your space that give you that space, that safe space, that no judgment. That's, that's the most important thing. Yeah, you, you told us that you, the first time you recorded together, it was just like you and your sister on the floor yeah. with... It, it seemed like the setting could actually be quite helpful in opening up the conversation. We started recording in my Studio City apartment on the floor of my room with a tiny Yeti microphone in between us with like my dog running back and forth like, no, now sit down. Um, and I think that was one of, the, one of the best ways to start. It was very humbling uh, and it was also just very comforting and uh, it, it just spurred everything on, so, yeah. Beautiful. Dix, you, so Dixie has this amazing storytelling show where she takes people that haven't, don't even have that much experience telling stories, and you train them, and you not only train them how to tell an awesome story, but a story that is usually very vulnerable and sex-related, kink-related. So have you had difficulty getting people to open up do they, or do they come to you and they're like, we're ready to talk? Well, most people, because they don't have an example of what it's like to talk about sex in a way that is not a comedy skit, mm -hmm. they think it's going to be this funny piece. And they don't have any idea of how to get really, you know, 
close to the bone on it. Mm -hmm. Can I tell you an example of a story? Please do. Yeah. Yeah. I had uh, a man in his probably 60 years old, and he pitched me a story. And the story was about his wife who had just died. Hmm. She was the love of his life. And he pitched it as a funny story. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> I don't know where he, he had worked on this in uh, a local production company on doing solo shows and stuff like that. Oh, wow. And they had told him the way to tell this story was make fun of the fact that you're Jewish and you're cheap, which oh, I thought was the God. worst idea I'd ever heard in my <laughs> yes. life. And it, I, yeah. Yeah, he had... Um, the story was he was going to have sex with her. He'd let her sleep in a little bit. He'd heard a little snore, and he says, I'm going to take the dogs for a walk around the block. I'm going to let her sleep another 20 minutes. I'm going to come back in. We have sex scheduled this morning. And he comes back in, and he realizes she's gone. That was her last breath he'd heard. Oh, my God. So he has to go through the house after she's gone. She was the love of his life, and he's getting rid of everything in the house. The whole house is hers. All the color, everything is hers. And one of the things that he has to get rid of is the vibrator in the bedside drawer. Oh it's a very God. expensive vibrator. And he's like, he can't get rid of it. And he doesn't understand why. So he writes, Dear Prudence. And he says, do I try and sell it on Craigslist? Oh, my like, God. Why can't I just throw this thing in the garbage? Should I just throw this thing in the garbage? And Dear Prudence is so mean to him. She's like, what kind of person are you that would sell a used vibrator? You're <laughs> a terrible person. And it becomes the number one story on Dear Prudence that oh, year. Wow. And he starts making jokes because everybody's making fun of him. And that's the way he wants to tell that story. Hmm. And I'm like, oh, no, you're not telling that story that way. And he goes, what, what should I do? And I'm like, the reason you cannot let go of that vibrator is it's the last talisman you have of a person that you loved. Hmm. It's an object that represents that physical relationship you have. Hmm. You can't let go of it for that reason. It's not funny. It's not because you're cheap. And he got on stage and he got a standing ovation that felt like it lasted for 10 minutes. Wow. And yeah, you just teach people that it's about opening up your heart and letting people know you're not doing stand-up comedy. You're just showing people what you really feel and what you really care about. And the audience responds in the same way. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing. We, it, it seems like we're doing something so crazy by opening up about our personal lives. But we all have personal lives. So why wouldn't we talk about it? it like, what, what is preventing us? And this, the shame that comes around not being able to talk about it has, has been... I mean, it's horrible. It leads to so many issues. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm glad that you, you coach these people to be able to talk about it. Yeah, I coach pretty much everybody who gets on my stage because most people have a story, but they don't know how to get to the heart of the story. Yeah. They have to believe that somebody cares enough and will give them the confidence to go, that, that's it right there, that thing you did. And they went, people want to know about that. I'm like, 
that's the heart of the story. Yeah. Everybody wants to hear that. When you do that, they open their heart up and then everybody listens with an open heart. And that's what makes them want to listen to this stuff. It's yeah. not tawdry. It's not raunchy. It's real. Yeah. And I think that applies to all podcasters. Exactly. It, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dedeker, what you said earlier about like how, um, you know, one of the biggest challenges is not being able to always have the people listening want to share about your podcast. How have you, I mean, okay, so Dedeker has this amazing podcast called Multi-Amory uh, that she uh, co-hosts with her, with Emily over here and another co-host, Jace. And I have received, she, they get so much fan mail that I have received inadvertent fan mail from their listeners saying like, you have helped me uh, li like set myself as polyamorous, as disabled. I mean, you're doing amazing things for this community. And, and I'm curious, was it always easy for you to bring together such a community or how did you do that? How did you make this happen? Well, so hard, right? I mean, because we learned right out the gate that people don't people don't want to share this, you know, and and we even have issues just telling our own friends on our own social media about it, right? So we did have to start with finding where does this community exist, right? And again, like I said earlier, we started our podcast eight years ago, and eight years is like two hundred years in podcasting years, right? It was so different back then as far as where the community was, and so we ended up going to subreddits uh, because kind of like Discord is now, it's different from social media, most social media in the sense that people feel like they can be really private and they can be really protected. And so that was the first place that we went to try to start marketing the podcast, talking about the podcast. Um, and Reddit, I don't know if anyone knows this, sometimes Reddit can be like um, horrible. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, people were horrible in the sense of like really picking apart every single issue. And but to be honest, it was probably the best thing that could happen to us because the community just like really directly told us what they wanted. And they're like, it's not this, it's not this, this is good. We like this part, but we don't like this. And so we were able to improve the podcast really, really quickly and turn it into something that this community was really, really striving for and really wanting. And now we're super popular on Reddit, which is the funny thing. Um, but yeah, so that was where we started. And then we had to create our own community, as it were. You know, we started noticing community was kind of organically starting to spring up around us. And then we eventually, um, we started monetizing by going to Patreon and created, at first it was a very large Facebook group, and now we have a Discord group as well. And that's been a huge driver because if you think about it, whether you're talking about sex or you're talking about non-monogamy or talking about any kind of marginalized lifestyle or relationship or identity, people feel alone. Everyone feels alone right now, especially after the pandemic, but people especially feel alone if they feel like they're the weirdo, if they live in a rural area, if they're not in a big city where it's easier to access these kind of communities. And so people were just like desperately wanted other people to connect to. And we found that that was the big thing that brought people to the front door, was just being able to connect with other like-minded listeners. Um, you also told me something interesting earlier, which is that by, especially your Discord is like popping off, and it, there's a paywall to get into the Discord, right? Yes. And, and that actually helps you. Yes, immensely. And how, how so? Yeah, so what we found by doing the subscription model. And 
the paywall is a very, very low paywall. It's like $5 a month to get access to our communities. And even during COVID, during like the first few months of COVID especially, we even offered to people of like, you know, if you're subscribing and you're hitting financial hardship, we'll, we'll refund you your subscriber cost and you can still take part in the community, you know? So, so it's not a huge barrier to entry, but it's like enough of a barrier to entry that even just having the paywall organically helped to foster a community that is like way more positive, way more healthy, way more supportive than just, I'm gonna jump into a random subreddit or into a random Facebook group or into a random Discord. Not that those don't have value, but people often comment how they've found this community that is just like the most supportive one they've ever been in. Mm -hmm. And so having the paywall really helps to filter out people who are just curious, just want to peek, just want to troll, just want to stir up trouble, things like that. Then on top of that, we also gave our community some very, very specific tools for engagement. You know, So along with giving people a set of guidelines that they have to agree to when they join the community, we also gave people very specific communication tools. So that we developed this through the podcast. It's called the Triforce of Communication. And basically, it's this shorthand code for being able to indicate okay, I'm posting about my personal life in this Facebook group, and this is a T3, as in, I want people's advice and problem solving. I wanna hear what you've done in your life. I want you to tell me what I should do. Versus, I'm posting about my personal life in this Facebook group, and this is a T2, which is shorthand for, I just want sympathy and empathy, and I want you to drop in some like cute animal memes and tell me that it's gonna be okay. And, and there's a couple other codes like that. That in itself has eliminated so much conflict within the group. Because you think about it, like you turn to the internet for advice or opening up about anything vulnerable, immediately all these random yahoos sweep in to be like, well, this was your first problem. Well, why did you do this? Well, actually, in my life, I think, let me bring in this totally random. And it just creates this really inflamed, um, yeah, just kind of this inflamed culture, I would say. And so it, these things didn't take too much effort on our side to create a community that's not just a community, but also is really life-supporting for people. Totally. I feel, what's that called? The tri the Triforce of Communication. I would love the Triforce of Communication with all of my yes. IRL <laughs> relationships, you know? like. No, and the funny thing is we've now had listeners bringing it into their workspaces, totally. not just the Triforce, but other communication tools that we've made, like bringing it out of the relationship space and into like the corporate space. Brilliant. I love that. Uh, you mentioned social media. Uh, who here, and maybe I'll extend this out to our audience as well, who here has been shadow banned? And <laughs> yeah, and I know you have a sex podcast. Do you also have a, a sex relationship podcast? Yes, okay, so it is quite common, and I wish my mom were here to uh, talk about this. She has COVID right now, otherwise she'd be here. But uh, she is redefining the term cougar to mean a confident, older, unique, genuine, assertive, and racy woman. And as such, she gets shadow banned on Instagram all the time. And it is like the bane of her existence. And so that is a major issue that we often face, talking about sex, trying to, to share about it um, on any of these social platforms, is that the platforms have control of just taking us down. Um, so I'm curious, any workarounds to, to not have that happen? Cami? Well, my favorite and least favorite is uh, now I have to say Kitty and uh, Peach. <laughs> 
instead of the actual words I want to use so that Instagram doesn't take my stuff down and so that I can finally get that account warning on TikTok to go away. And it still hasn't. Um, but that's one of the really terrible things on some of these social media platforms is that we do have to censor ourselves and redirect our, you know, our words and meanings to make it um, so that it doesn't get taken down. I know I have one of my current posts on IG. We had to bleep out sex, um, but the word fuck is still in there. Um, and everybody's commenting. They're like, well, why, why are you saying fuck, but you can't say sex? And I have to like comment on every single one. Like, well, if I say sex, Instagram's gonna, you know, kick me out. I don't wanna lose my account. I've grown it quite well. I don't, I don't want that to happen. So yeah, it's, and I hate saying kitty and peach when I just wanna say, you know, asshole and pussy, but it is what it is. Uh, this is the space that we live in. Um, thankfully, there are some social media platforms that do allow for, um, you know, you don't have to censor yourself. Twitter is a great one, except, you know, Twitter's a, a weird land sometimes. I open my Twitter and see porn, so. You know. <laughs> uh, and the flip side, because we're talking about stuff that isn't often talked about, it, it like my, if you look at my TikTok page, it looks like clickbait. And that's very helpful for us. <laughs> you know, these little clips of us talking about stuff that people don't talk about can, is actually quite shareable um, and can help with marketing if it doesn't get taken down. I mean, I would click on camp has syphilis, question mark. <laughs> right, exactly. Yes. Well, one of the things about having a podcast is it's one of the last uncensored places where we can talk about things. Totally. So if we're connecting in a very real way and we've just opened people's hearts listening to stories, and uh, that's when you ask your listeners to say, please share this with one friend. Please write us a review. Do whatever you can to help us keep this thing going because social media doesn't want people to talk about these things. Totally. You're helping people who need to know these things. Mm -hmm. Sex education is being shut down everywhere. I mean, we're in Texas right now. Like, <laughs> help keep people safe. Totally, exactly. And it, it can actually be helpful if you seem to be like the underdog and be like, hey, look, we're getting, we're oppressed by these huge platforms. Help us out, you know, totally. Have you found, with regard to your podcast, I mean, it does feel like we can do anything with podcasting and say whatever we want, but have you found that really is the case or do you get pushback from your listeners ever saying like, hey, you can't say that or that you can't say something on the podcast? Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> sometimes my listeners can be uber liberal. So sometimes I will get, I don't think you're allowed to say that. And I'm like, you know what? My, my standard is like, you know, we all get one life and I'm gonna do with mine what I need to do. And each person's story is their truth. Mm -hmm. So in their story, they made a choice. As long as we're taking care of each other and nobody's hurting anybody and consent is involved, then that was their story. Mm -hmm. Your story is your story. So you do yours. So I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cammie recently joined us as the partnerships director of Pleasure Podcasts. Mm -hmm. it, it, hell yes. 
you have uh, seen some of the struggle of trying to get advertisers on board. Um, what does that look like, and how have you worked around it? Well, I've already, oh, I'm, I've been here for about four months as a partnerships director, and I've already dealt with some brands being like, oh, I'm sorry, but this content is not, you know, not a space where we want to advertise, which is fine, you know, as, you know, as a partnerships director and as someone that I just, I want to be able to foster good relationships, I, I always leave the door open. Well, if you want to come back sometime, let me know and, you know, respect their decision. Uh, the truth of it is, is, you know, sex sells. <laughs> and at one point or another, I know they'll be back uh, because we do have such loyal followings. And I know our listeners, I mean, everybody has sex. Everybody has sex, even the people in those brands, I hope. Um, and, you know, everybody's a human being and we all use the same products. And, you know, even as a sex podcaster, like, I love my mattress or, you know, my travel product. So we, we all use the same things. We all have sex. Eventually, those brands will be back. And I look forward to that day. And I'll leave the door open. But yeah, for now, just respect their decision and yeah, work with other brands. I mean, the, one of the other great things about having a sex podcast is you do have access to a whole industry of products and services centered around the sex space that you can easily sell to your listeners and your fans and followers uh, because it's so in line and niche. Um, like I was joking earlier, we can sell dildos much better than a true crime podcast. <laughs> so that's my take. And yeah, I think with the specific non-monogamy and polyamory flavor, I do think advertisers are very slowly starting to come around because you have to realize that polyamorous people are not buying just one Helix mattress. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you know how many Quip toothbrushes I've had to buy over the years for multiple partners podcasts? And I mean, just they need to start putting two and two together. And slowly, slowly they're getting there. Totally. And we've also had, I've dealt with people who were smaller local companies and they're like, a lot of people won't work with us. How would you feel about advertising our leather goods or things like, I'm like, do I get to write the ad? Oh, I love writing the ads. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, we, we get to have a lot of fun with brands that most people aren't able to work with. That said, we also have to be very careful, like making sure we don't work with brands that are unethical that are that are so on the fringe that they might jeopardize our audiences and so it is it's a kind of a balance um yeah your, your show in particular multi-amory is one of the most i i often hear this from uh ad agencies that your audience is the most responsive in like a campaign a huge campaign across all of them and i think it's because they look for you for guidance in their personal lives and so that they can look for you for guidance for products, because they're humans that want to buy products as well. No, we have, so as part of our subscri subscription model, we do have a tier where people can get a premium feed of ad-free episodes. And we have had those people reaching out to us to say, can you actually make a post in the Facebook group of the ads and the promo codes? Because I want to be able to buy these products and support you. That's awesome. So it's like people who have wanted ad-free still want the ads. And from an advertiser perspective, I'm like, could you ask for anything yeah. better? <laughs> can you give us the ads? Exactly. They're asking for the ads. Who does that? That is awesome. 
Um, I, I want to leave some time for questions here. And before going to questions, I would love to share quickly, how can people find you uh, if they're wanting to listen to your podcast or follow you on socials? Yeah, do you like this new slide that I just put up? Yeah. It does. <laughs> I just <find> that. <laughs> uh, you can find me under body or body storytelling, mostly body storytelling everywhere, which is B-A-W-D-Y, like off-color or risque. If you search for Multiamory, you will find us in pretty much every major podcast player. But yes, Multiamory underscore podcast or at Multiamory on Twitter and on Instagram. And you can find Double Teamed anywhere you listen to podcasts. We are all over IG and TikTok at Double Teamed Podcast. Or you can go to our site, DoubleTeamedPodcast.com. So. And you can find Sex Talk with my mom uh, wherever you're listening to podcasts. On Instagram, we just created a backup account because the first one kept getting shadow banned. So that's Sex Talk with My Mom Pod. Um, every, everything else should be Sex Talk with My Mom. And then Pleasure Podcasts is just at Pleasure Podcasts. So I would love to open it up to anyone who has questions here. Um, if not, we'll continue to ramble. But does anyone have a question that you, you'd like to lob our way? I'll come around with the mic. And our first question is coming from Hendel. Hi, everyone. <clears throat> I really appreciate the conversation around putting a lot on the line in terms of reputation and future opportunities. My question is around guests in the future who may want to take you know, their content back or regret you know, being on the podcast. Um, what does that look like for a network? Because it's not independent, you know, it's not independent podcast. It's a, it belongs to a network the tension between that happening in the future, if anyone could speak to that. Thank you. So, so actually, each of the podcasters own all of their IP. So, and like contractually, it's on them, not on me, to get signatures. But we do ask that everyone has, signs release forms with their guests. But we have, this is a great question, because this is one of the things that we most often deal with. Um, so it's happened to me, but have any of you guys had guests that are like, please take this down. This uh, turns out it's not good. One time, but it was not at all related to the guest being too vulnerable or not wanting to be aligned with non-monogamy is because they, they said something about their workplace, actually, oh. and got in trouble with their workplace, and oh, we had wow. to take it down. And that was way in the early days, also before we were having people sign releases when we were small. And mm -hmm. so that's the only episode we've ever had to take down. Um, ever since then, yeah, we have people sign a release form, and so far it hasn't been an issue. I, ha I have everyone sign a release, uh, and there are stories that are told on my stage. I've really only had one person who's asked me to take it down off the podcast, which was very funny because she came up to me before the show and said, use my name everywhere. It's my legal name. Use it everywhere because I'm writing a book about sex over 50 because people need to know the world has women have sex over 50. Use my name. Use my name. Use my name. Put it on the podcast. And then came back to me and said, take it down. Take it down. Take it down. And I'm like... Okay, uh, so, but that's the only time that's happened. I had a guest that went on a ayahuasca retreat and realized they didn't like what they said um, <laughs> afterwards. Uh, so we had a very long conversation and I told them, I was like, 
what you said was vulnerable and it was you and it was real. Um, but for sure, if you wanna take it down, you let me know. Um, after the ayahuasca retreat, he came to, and then he was like, I'm so sorry, everything's great, take out this little portion. Um, and I said, okay. So I, I took out that little portion from the audio, re-uploaded it, and all was well. I would say one, one last thing is that what I like to do is, if I'm ever with a guest, tell them right before you start recording, like, hey, if anything at the end you want to take out, just let me know, and we'll cut it. Um, and then at the end you ask them, and then that usually clears a lot of this. Mm -hmm. I'm Beth Darling from Come With Us Podcast. Thank you. Thank you all for doing this. And I wondered if you could tell us a little bit about the Pleasure Podcast, your network and what you're looking for. Are you looking for new people? What does it require? And what's the advantage to y'all of being part of it? Hello. Mine's working. Another mic is coming, being brought to you. Um, right now, we're at like our max capacity. However, hopefully that'll change in the future. Thank you. Uh, as we continue to grow. Um, but when we look for, for new shows, we're looking for, I had a whole presentation about this last at Podcast Evolutions, but it's um, shows that really want to be part of this community that we can help grow, that we can help monetize, um, that are offering a different voice than the ones that we currently are showcasing so that we bring more people into this community and help more people. Um, and then in terms of what we can offer, it is really about the community aspect and cross-promoting on each other's shows and helping monetize and get advertisers for these podcasts. And it's been really great. Now this one doesn't work. And it's been really great to be part of... <laughs> Hello. It's been great to be part of Pleasure Podcast because, I, you know, I'm an independent podcast and I didn't have time to find sponsors for the podcast. And when I met Cam, Cam was like, here's all these sponsors that I would never have pitched myself to. So it's been really great to have Cam come to me and say, how do you feel about these? And I'm like, really, really? Those guys are big time. So it's really confidence building. And I think probably the best sales pitch that you could possibly give for joining a boutique or a smaller network, honestly. I think that when we were starting out, we had these big stars in our eyes of, oh my God, these big, you know, like Earwolf or Dear Media, these really big networks, like that'd be so cool to be a part of them. But then from speaking to people that we know, they just get lost if you're, if you're an indie podcaster, if you're a smaller podcaster. And so joining this kind of smaller, it, it really does feel like a family. Yeah. You know, like, like we're not competing with each other, we're collaborating with each other, we're cooperating with each other. And so whether it's Pleasure Podcast or some other smaller network would highly recommend. Next question, Nathan. Um, I have a question about uh, deleting part of a podcast and re-uploading it, does that not confuse the audience or is there a way to do that where it doesn't show up as a new podcast because they've already seen it, so. Um, <clears throat> sorry, I was able to uh, take it out quite easily. A, I had to redo my YouTube video um, and then B, I, I have gone into a few episodes a few times to take out audio when I have, you know, a fan be like, hey, you said this and it's wrong. And we're like, okay, we'll take it down. Um, 
but I, I don't think it's confused anyone. At least I haven't I haven't received that. Yeah, feedback. there's a way to re-upload audio where it's not like I take down the episode and then yeah. repost a new episode as though I just posted it fresh. Like it's just kind of pushes the new audio file to the same essentially episode slot. So yeah. That's the move. I'm uh, Sianna Stewart with Dying Kindness. It's a podcast about death and dying. Um, I am curious, uh, Danica, you mentioned something earlier about the word of mouth issue where people don't want to come out and share it. You know, this is also like, you should, you should do your will. Here, you listen to this. Or like, here's a, here's a traumatic episode. Why don't you listen to some more death stuff? Um, so I, I, like, what did you do to get past that word of mouth? Or is there other things that you found that did work, that helped, that made it okay for people to share? Um, that kind of question. So I do think, I mean, we've been do doing the show for a long time. And so our strategy on that has evolved and changed over time. Where I definitely saw a turning point was when we started offering people very tangible resources, so like very tangible tools, for instance, because there's something about that that helps people get over how it reflects on them. So if people were like, oh, wow, this Triforce of Communication tool, I'm going to share the tool. This is such a useful tool. Focus on the tool. And so I can talk about the tool and not talk about it's, this, it's also related to a taboo subject. So, I mean, that's just one strategy of many, but I, I do think that that did help people to focus on what's the actual value here instead of listen to this non-monogamy podcast, but more focusing on that. And so I think that's, and I mean, within Death and Dying, there's a lot of that that you can offer people. I don't know if you're comfortable. Are you okay to share what your audience numbers are? It's somewhere within a range. That's up to you, Cam. That's up to you. I, I'm fine doing that. Um, Wait, like maybe I'll give you... Yeah, I guess the reason why I'm asking, because I'm thinking when you're selling, you're trying to sell ad space, they obviously care about the audience size mm -hmm. and the content. But I'm just curious if your audience size is great enough to outweigh the specific details of the content. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I'll give you a range. So our shows are somewhere getting between 5,000 downloads per episode and 70,000 downloads per episode. Um, that said, I think you can, it depends on your show. Um, so a show that has a very general audience, say more of like a pop culture show that can really appeal to a lot of people, if they have 1,000 downloads per episode, it's gonna be very different than say a horseback riding podcast that has like a very specific niche that they hit, they can, if they're, with their 1,000 downloads, they're gonna hit a market that a saddle maker is gonna wanna have access to. Uh, so it's very genre, um, yeah, contingent. I like that you use that example. I'm, if anyone, does anyone else have a question? Because we probably have time for only one more and I don't wanna hog the mic, I can talk to you guys after. Anyone? Okay. I have some ideas I wanted to share with you about okay. advertising. <laughs> Thank you. Hello, my dears. Hello. What Hello. do you think it's gonna take? This room should be completely full. <laughs> what do you think that's gonna take for us to get there as a society? Well, Cam, I mean, do you wanna talk about how many times you pitched this? <laughs> yeah. yeah, this panel has been in the works for a long time, so the fact that we even made it to this stage is great. Yeah, we've pitched it several times. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, I, I see it happening with ad sp ad sponsors, uh, where they become more and more comfortable. Um, big sponsors like Athletic Greens are willing to take a risk on our shows. So it is happening, uh, not as quickly as I would like. <laughs> um, but I think these types of podcasts, opening the conversation is the only way to make this happen. Um, it's also, yeah, it's a very polarizing time as well. So you might see like half of the country is willing to go in this direction, the others might not. Does anyone else want to respond to that? Well, I was just going to say I'm manifesting that next time the room will be full. But I really do think that, you know, because I just came into the game with my podcast a year ago. And seeing just how quickly this space is growing and multiplying, all of our voices are really making a big difference. And I think just the more we talk about it, you know, as Cam said, it's just, you know, reach, reach, reach. We're going to get there. And um, I can't wait for the day when it does. And let me just say, I'm sure you run into this also with your own content that you tell someone, I tell someone that I have a non-monogamy podcast, someone who I would not read as being within my audience, maybe even like a random person I may have met at this conference, tell them that I run a non-monogamy podcast. And sometimes you get the weird reactions, but also sometimes people will launch into a big confession of the failed threesome they had three years ago totally. that is still on their heart and their mind and they're still trying to figure it out. And so it's like everyone's out there is the thing, you yeah. know? And sometimes it just takes someone who is brave enough to have the conversation and to keep having the conversation to demonstrate to people it is okay to go here and it is okay to talk about these things and you're not a weirdo and you're not alone. And as somebody who has gone from uh, live shows to podcasts, I think the fact that we're doing this in podcasting is making a huge difference. People can choose their own comfort level. They can do it in their own privacy. They've got earbuds in their ears and they are getting more and more comfortable with the content. So as podcasting grows, I think people are gonna grow more comfortable with this content. With that, I think we have to wrap it up, but I want to thank you. You guys are the change. You, you're attending here. You're sharing. Um, it really means the world to us. And thank you all for participating. Thank you. Thank yeah. You.